Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Wisdom Awakening. I'm your host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. Great to be with you again this morning. Uh, I'm going to try to shorten this one up because I've got an engagement this afternoon in Richmond, Virginia, to speak to a group of young people. And I never lose an opportunity to talk to a group of young people. I feel that they are our future and and they are frankly under such assault that anytime one has an opportunity to talk to them, you ought to take it. You ought to take it. And uh, that's what I try to do. So, so by the way, for those of you who watch me on my radio program at one o'clock, because I live stream that now, I will not be live streaming it today. I will be on, I'll be on the radio on American Family Radio at 1 p.m. I will be doing my show, but I won't be live streaming it because I'll be in, I, I won't be in my studio. Can't get back in time to do that. And when I'm, I can't be in my studio and I'm live streaming, it, you can only hear me and on a radio program where I've got listeners and callers and commercials and other things that are going on. And during the breaks, I'm kind of sitting there thinking about what my next talk uh, uh, topic is going to be or what I'm going to say next. Uh, it, that, that to me is not very satisfying. So, so when I'm away and I can't be in my studio, I just don't bother to do the live streaming. I just do the audio portion, not the visual portion. But I'll be back in my studio tomorrow and uh, and tomorrow, well, Friday's a little dicey too. Uh, but I'll be back in my studio tomorrow and I'll be doing uh, live streaming my radio program, The Awakening on American Family Radio. Remember, download the app if you don't already have it. Or if, of course, we, we got almost 200 stations across the country, so we may be at a, on a station somewhere in your listening area. Uh, but if, if we're not, you can also go to the internet, AFR.net, and you can plug your phone in to your car and listen just as if we were broadcasting in your area. Nowadays, a telephone becomes a traveling radio, uh, a traveling radio station, if you will. <laughs> so no matter where you are, anywhere, literally anywhere in the world, you can hear our programming. Well, look, before I get in the word, like I said, I've got to shorten things up today because I've got to I've got to get on the road. So before I get into the word today, uh, I want to share with you, since I'm talking to some young people today, this is this has been on my mind. I've been thinking about this, you know, and, and you Christians will understand the, the secularists who are watching with a different motivation will not. But maybe they will take the time to ultimately get it and understand what I'm saying. You know, the devil is really making a play for our children. The devil is really making a major play for our young people. Now, that's said in a spiritual way that Christians can understand. We, we believe that there is a real devil, uh, that he is Lucifer, who rebelled against Almighty God before the foundation of the world and is a fallen angelic being who is pure evil. He is pure evil and pure rebellion against God. And whatever God loves, he hates. Whatever God wants to do, he wants to destroy. Okay, whatever God says, he contradicts. And when I say the devil, of course, the devil works through people. He's not like a ghost simply walking around haunting folks. He influences people. He influences people through their thinking. He influences people through their um through the things that they see and hear and imbibe. 
And, and frankly, in my view, he has really taken over. You know, we talk about the devil. We're not talking about devil worship or some kind of satanic cult. He's much too subtle for that. I mean, that's, that's at the margin. There, there are those people out there who literally worship the devil. But that's at the margin. Jesus said the devil's chief stock in, in, in trade is deception, lying. That's what Jesus said. Jesus said he's a liar and the father of lies. And so he wants to deceive people into thinking they're doing what they're doing based upon their reasoning and their understanding when in fact he's behind the scenes, the big puppeteer, manipulating and, and, and indoctrinating and, and doing everything in his power to influence people to do evil because see, on his own, he can't do anything. He's got to work through people. So what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter four, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, Ephesians chapter six, against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in high places. That's what the word of God says. Now here again, for all those leftists out there who don't like that, don't fight with me. I, I, I'm just the messenger. Go, go fight with the Bible and fight with God. He's the one who put it in there. So, but the devil is making a play for our children. And he's working through <clears throat> the Democrat Party. He's working through the teachers' unions. Uh, he's working through colleges and universities. Uh, he's working through the entertainment culture. He's working through the media. And he's working through big tech. And he's after our children. And let me just give you the two major things that are in the news right now, when you think about it, this is what's going on. We've got systems all over this country that want to teach our children critical race theory. Critical race theory is a Marxist worldview, and it comes out of Marxism, because look, Marxism posits that capitalism is inherently unjust, that it is exploitive, that all it serves to do is enslaved people, which is exactly what communism does. But of course, here again, what's the devil? He's a deceiver. And what critical race theory has done, what the left in America has done, is instead of the class warfare that Marx posited, which is the bourgeoisie versus the proletariat, the owners of the means of production versus the workers, workers of the world unite, instead of, sorry about that folks, um, instead of using that construct class in America, because it just doesn't work well, because America is about as close as you're ever going to come to a classless society. It really is because we have so many people who have not inherited wealth. Most of the people who are wealthy in America or affluent in America they didn't inherit anything. They earned it. They built a business. They, they did something to generate income, and it took them to a new level of income. In fact, you know that top 5% that's always talked about by the left, you know, the top 5%, that, that top 5% is not static. Thomas Sowell talks about this in, in a lot of his books. That top 5% is moving. There are people who are not there who are earned their way into it. There are people who are there who lose a business, retire, have a, a significant drop in income, or, 
or in assets, and they, they drop out of it. It is a, it is a moving uh, uh, reality. It, it, is a, it is a dynamic reality. Let me say it that way. It is not a static reality. Those, those 5% are there. They never move. They never change. Nobody new ever comes in. Nobody who's there ever drops out. America is a upwardly mobile society. We are a fluid society because of freedom and the ability of people to, to create, to invent, to, to grow, to, to build. So it doesn't work well in America. But what the left has smartly done, and I think this is inspired by, primarily by Antonio Gramsci, the, um, the, the, the Marxist disciple. I mean, he, he lived after Karl Marx but he is um, the Italian uh, Marxist who developed the theory of cultural hegemony in which he said the way you take over society is not with violence, or you don't need to use violence. What you do is you subvert their cultural values. You subvert what he calls cultural hegemony. In other words, the, the, the ideas, the beliefs, the principles, that unite the culture and, and maintain its stability. You subvert those and you replace those with a new set of cultural values, a new hegemony. He said, and you subvert the culture from within. You, you change it to a communist country without even firing a shot. And that, frankly, is what is going on in our culture right now. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to subvert the Judeo-Christian value system of our country and replace it with a Marxist value system. And so all of these institutions I just named, and all the corporate world as, as well, they have bought into this. And critical race theory, of course, I was talking about going after our children, but critical race theory says, like, like Marx says, that capitalism is inherently unjust and must be destroyed. Critical race theory says American society, Western culture, uh, all people of European ancestry are inherently racist because the systems that they've created, the free enterprise capitalist systems they've created, are inherently racist. And, and therefore, they must be destroyed. They must be deconstructed. It, it, see, it's, it's Marxism. It's just Marxism with a twist. And, and of course, I've talked before about George Lukacs, who in 1919 introduced sex education into Hungary. He's a communist. He was that, I think he was the commissar of health or something like that uh, for Hungary. He didn't last very long, but it was his innovation to use sex education to drive a wedge between children and their families, since Marx posited that the bourgeois family what, the, what Black Lives Matter called the Western view, the Western model of the family, mother, father, children. That's the biblical view of the family. But that's got to be deconstructed. That's got to go. And George Lukacs said the way you do that is you teach these children sex education at a very, very early age and you violate all the ideas that their parents, who likely are Christians, have taught them. So all of this stuff of, of uh, sexual purity, uh, no sex before marriage, uh, fidelity in marriage, of uh, not no children out of wedlock, all of that stuff, that, all that goes. And you begin to teach children almost a pornographic 
worldview at a very early age. See, that, that comes out of the Marxist playbook as well. And that's what's going on in our schools. So we got these two major issues, critical race theory and sex education, both of which go out of a Marxist worldview and both of which are trying to dismantle the very systems, family, free enterprise, individual liberty, destroy those systems in an effort to completely upend our society and turn it into something else. And the key is getting the children so indoctrinated into it that it just, it's just second nature to them. So that as they grow up, that's the only way they know to think. That American society is wrong. American society is bad. We got to do something about it. It's racist. It's sexist. Uh, it's, it's puritanical. It doesn't leave people the freedom to express themselves sexually. I've said this before, and I know it's somewhat controversial, and, but, it, but it needs to be said. See, I really believe that all this stuff of having four-year-olds, yeah, as early as four years old, folks, four years old, that at four years old, you can determine your gender. You can tell your parents, I I'm not a boy, I'm a girl. And then your parents must dutifully, dutifully obey their four-year-old and go out and get hormones injected to the four-year-old and, 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 and groom the four-year-old ultimately for genital mutilation or for, or for a double mastectomy if it's a girl. I mean, this stuff is monstrous, folks. But only in the warped, satanically influenced mind does it look normal and right and good. And does the parent who says, whoa, what? No! To teaching my children that stuff. Oh, only in their warped view of the world is that parent the bad person. They, who only want to inject the child with hormones, only want to mutilate the child's body, they are so good. They are so saintly. Oh, they, they, they have the child's best interest at heart. And you stupid parents, you... We just have to run over you because after all, you're just too dumb to know what's good for your child. We do. See, folks, that's communism through and through. Because here again, Marx believed that the family, the nuclear family was a bourgeoisie institution that only served to propagate bourgeois values and that you needed to destroy it. And here again, Lukacs said, well, one way to do that is to separate the child from the parents through sex. There's not a big leap from my child at four years old. Now, listen to me closely, folks, because I don't mean to say this for shot value. And you may have heard me say it before, but I, I, I say it with the utmost gravity because I, I'm not simply trying to throw bombs here. I'm, I'm trying to sound a solemn warning. But there's not a big leap from a four-year-old child saying, I know what my gender is, to a four-year-old child, we're, us being told at least, that a four-year-old, and, and, and that four-year-old child being respected in, in his or her decision at four years old, five years old, six years old, between that and a child saying, I'm ready to have sex. Well, if the child is ready to decide his or her own gender and the parents must respect the child's decision 
You mean to tell me that there aren't pedophiles that are just rubbing their hands together, thinking to themselves, yeah, why shouldn't a four or five-year-old be able to decide to have sex? Why not? I mean, do you see logically that there is not a, there's really not a big leap between the two? Because if you're saying a child can decide that it's going to be injected with hormones, it may not fully understand that, but still, you, you begin to do these things because the child has made a decision or come to a revelation on understanding, then how big a leap is it for that child to say, now wait, 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 wait. I am capable of making a decision about my own sexuality too. Well, we know children aren't capable of making any of these decisions. It's perverse adults that are putting this garbage in the minds of children. And a, an adult perverse enough to put in the mind of a child that its gender is not what the child was born to be, is not what the child's DNA and genitalia and hormonal and physiological uh, makeup determines that child to be. No, 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 no. The child is something else, but it takes them with their great insight to see it, and parents can't. Why wouldn't they say to a child, don't let your parents tell you you can't have sex. They don't know you. They don't understand you. I know, folks, that this stuff is this stuff is shocking, and it's 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 look. You know what? It's it's probably hard to listen to because, frankly, it's hard for me to talk about it. But I realize I believe I'd be doing you a disservice if I didn't talk about it. Because part of my prophetic role is to show you things to come. If you heard me teach on on the prophetic role, the 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 the, the prophetic anointing deals with an interpretation an illumination of things past, things present, and things future. The prophet of God is often caricatured as someone who predicts the future. That's not what happens. And I don't call myself a prophet with a big P, by the way, but I'm just saying that prophetic anointing illuminates the past, the present, and insight into the future. Sometimes it is through a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom predicting a specific thing, but very often it's about illuminating what is happening or what is going to happen and explaining to people what's coming and why it's coming. And of course, what we as Christians ought to be doing about it. And I think what we as Christians ought to be doing about it is probably obvious to you. You got to stand up for your children. You got to stand up for your values. You got to stand up for what you know is right. I, I want to commend that teacher in Loudoun County who was suspended for standing up and speaking against this transgender stuff that's going on in the schools and saying, I'm not going to tell a child a lie. I'm not going to be forced to say something which I know is not true. And I know that no boy is born a girl and no girl is born a boy. That's, that's preposterous. We're talking about gender dysphoria. We're talking about psychological issues. And you can prove that by the, by the large, growing numbers of people who have undergone this so-called transition only to regret it and realize it was all a grand deception. But sometimes they've taken actions against their own body that they cannot undo. 
And if adults realize that, you mean to tell me you're going to tell me? You're going to tell me that I should step back and I'm a bad person for suggesting that a child should not be paid attention to, not in the sense of should not be paid attention to as if that child has the autonomy and the maturity to decide its gender and then you should follow up with hormones and treatments and all of this stuff because that child says something? These people are not about taking care of children. They're about exploiting them. They're about using them. Look, this so-called LGBTQ movement is one of the grandest perversions of our society and culture that America has ever seen. It is poison. It is poison. It will destroy us from within if we don't step back from it and say no. And by the way, I must always give this disclaimer. I don't want anybody who hears me to think that I am in some way encouraging violence. I am discouraging it. I am denouncing it. I am making crystal clear. Nothing I'm saying justifies violence against anyone. I am a Christian. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing every thought under obedience to Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not saying, by the way, <clears throat> I'm not talking, <clears throat> excuse me, folks. I'm not talking about circumstances of self-defense. I'm not talking about <clears throat> the right of every human being to defend yourselves against encroachment on your person or your property or violence being perpetrated against you. I, I, you understand? I know that. I, I, I believe I have a right to defend myself and my family against anybody who decides they're going to try to hurt us. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about using violence to try to affect a excuse me, to try to affect a political end. We've got to use the constitutional mechanisms at our disposal. We've got to stand up. We've got to step up. We've got to speak up. We've got to get fully engaged and involved. We've got to run for school board. We've got to run for city council. We've got to run for mayor. We've got to run for Congress. We've got to run for Senate. We've got to run for president. We've got to get out there and get fully engaged. We've got to support candidates who are doing those things, people who agree with us. We've got to support them. We gotta, we gotta encourage them, we gotta pray for them, we gotta strengthen them. We gotta get out and vote like we've never voted before. We gotta vote like our life depends on it because it does. And I'm telling you, I've said this before, but we're gonna wrest our country away from these godless Marxists who think they're gonna turn America into a totalitarian state. They're working hard at it. They're working very hard at it. They've already pretty much given us a totalitarian culture where you're not allowed to say certain things because you're really not even allowed to think certain things. They've already pretty much given us that. I mean, YouTube suspends me for medical misinformation, and now the very things I discussed are being discussed all over the place, which is that if you are immune uh, from having had COVID, that is, if you have the antibodies from having had COVID, you are immune from the disease. Now, I know there are some people saying, but if you get, you don't need the two vaccinations. If you've got the antibodies and you get the one vaccination, you have the equivalent of the second vaccination that other people who haven't had the disease would get. 
But I say if, I, if I'm immune from the disease as a result of my antibodies, why do I need to get the first one? So they say, well, it's a booster. Do I absolutely need it? It's clear from the literature I've read, the National Institutes of Health literature I've read, that no, you don't really need it. Maybe it's an added precaution that some people will want to take. And here again, I am not against vaccines, folks. I am not saying that you shouldn't have a vaccine. I'm saying it should be left to the individual to make that decision. That's what I'm saying. So YouTube suspended me for 90 days. I guess for that, I mean, they didn't really explain themselves. They just said I gave medical misinformation. And then a year ago, I didn't find this out until this suspension. A year ago, they claimed me of engaging in a scam of some kind. Here again, uh, who knows? But, but these people are godless. They, they, they have no sense of, of, of morality or righteousness. They are their own gods. They made up their own moral system and they're trying to impose that on the rest of us. And I know the left has said, no, 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 you Christians are doing that. Look, America is a Judeo-Christian nation. And when the founding fathers said that our rights and freedoms don't come from government, but from our creator, they were rooting and grounding and founding this country on Judeo-Christian principles. Those are the principles I believe in. That's not forcing anything on anybody. That's who America is. That's what America is. And they're trying to introduce this foreign, sick, perverse set of ideals right out of the Gramsci, Antonio Gramsci playbook, undermining the cultural hegemony of our society with a whole new set of ideas and then pointing the finger back at us and saying, and you people who aren't going along, you are the evil ones. You are the bad ones. Well, we're not going along. Those stupid, evil twisted, wicked ideas that the left is trying to push on our children and on our society are not what built this country and made us the greatest nation in the history of mankind. It's the Judeo-Christian principles and values that our founding fathers bequeathed to us that made that possible. You know, there's an, oh, there's an old saying, I think it comes out of an old spiritual, don't forget the bridge that brought you over. In other words, what brought you over will take you over. Okay. In other words, you can keep making progress on the basis of what's given you progress so far. Sure, you can adjust it. You can build on it. But the fundamental principles of the bridge that brought you over must be maintained or the bridge itself will collapse. And there'll be no way to get back and start all over again. Maybe I'll follow that analogy, because I think it's really a fitting one. There are people who want to burn that bridge down so that we can't go forward based upon the principles that brought us over. And they want to construct a new pathway for us and never allow us to ever go back and start again on the basis of the principles that brought us this far. And we're not having it. We're simply not having it. So I would say to you, as I've said so many times before, stand up, step up, speak up, get engaged, stay engaged. I've got to end with this because I'm going to end early today. I'm not going to get to the word today, but I'll get back to it tomorrow. Ephesians 
Uh, I haven't quite finished up chapter one, but the pff, Ephesians is so rich. We're gonna, but it's a short book. It's only six chapters long. We're going to take our time going through it. Not like we got through the Gospel of John. I don't know how long it took us to do that, but we got through all uh, 21 chapters of the Gospel of John. So we're going to get through the six chapters of Ephesians uh, probably, probably a lot quicker. But here again, well, the Word of God is just rich anyway. But look, um, we need to, as Christians, be prepared to, to, to make some sacrifices for what we know is right. You know, Jesus Christ shed his blood for us, gave his life for us. And see, uh, remember I've always said, no matter what commentary I'm doing, I'm always coming to you from a biblical worldview. And that biblical worldview is informed by my relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm not simply a, a, an academic student of the Bible. I'm an adherent of the Bible. It is the inerrant, infallible word of the living God and the final authority in all matters of faith, practice, and life. And we've got to be prepared to stand up for it. I'm telling you, the rewards are going to be beyond anything right now. Look, we're going to see some rewards right here on earth beyond anything you're imagining right now. I talked to someone uh, recently who basically told me he was giving up. It's over. America's done. I'm serious. America's done. And <clears throat> I had to tell him, I'm a Christian. I'm a Marine. We don't give up. We don't quit. We don't stop until we win. And folks, that's my attitude. I hope it's yours. Listen, I've got to go. God bless each and every one of you. Thank you for watching. Thank you for praying for me. Thank you for supporting me. Thank you for contributing uh, to our work here. And believe me, it's, you are making a difference. I mean that with all my heart. You are making a difference. Your prayers are making a difference. Your contributions are making a difference. Share this with others, by the way. Share it with others. Uh, because we want to get the word out as far and wide as we can. And remember, because we're about to, I keep saying we're going to, believe me, it, it is in the works, but there's always something more that needs to be done. But we're getting close to, to final production of our first television programs, and then they're going to be going out. My guess is probably before approval and all of that is done, it will be maybe late June, early July before they finally start. But then once they start, I will be on national television every week. Ultimately, I'm looking to be on every day, but I think we're going to start with once a week and go from there. That's because of your prayers and your support and your contributions. You're making it possible. I, I hear people say to me all the time, I wish everybody could hear the things that you are saying. Well, folks, I very, I very much appreciate that. Because it's not just me saying it, it's the truth. It's the truth. And we wish that everybody would hear the truth. Well, I'm working very hard to make sure that they can. At least what God gives me to say. I'm trying to make sure that everybody can hear it. Frankly, I'd love to have every American hear it. Because I really believe that Americans desperately crave for unity and for a sense of vision and purpose for our country instead of this divisive garbage that the, and the Demo that the left and the Democrat Party are spewing into the atmosphere. You talk about, about environmental pollution, they are polluting the moral and spiritual atmosphere. 
And I think the, the American people crave leadership that will bring us together instead of ripping us apart and cast a vision for the future that will inspire us and unite us. And I believe God's going to give us that. I really do. So, folks, God bless you. I've got to go. Remember, we cannot be defeated if we will not quit because we are on God's side.